I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello and welcome to Pediapod for September 2020. This month, the impact of tobacco smoke exposure on healthcare resource utilisation. Smoking in adults and adolescents is at an all-time low today, yet around one in two children who visit the emergency department have been exposed to tobacco smoke. We know that there are numerous health consequences associated with tobacco smoke exposure, such as coughs, respiratory illnesses and asthma, and that this also comes at a substantial monetary cost. In 2010, child tobacco smoke exposure resulted in more than 100,000 annual emergency department visits, costing nearly 63 million US dollars. In this episode, we meet early career investigator Ashley Marianas, who performed a cross-sectional analysis of children visiting the paediatric emergency department, which serve hard-to-reach populations that have a high tobacco smoke exposure prevalence, in order to assess the contribution of child tobacco smoke exposure on healthcare resource utilisation patterns. The results reinforced the American Academy of Pediatrics' recommendations for pediatric emergency department healthcare professionals to routinely screen for tobacco smoke exposure in children and provide cessation counselling to parental smokers. Here's Ashley. My name is Ashley Marianos, and I'm an associate professor in the School of Human Services at the University of Cincinnati. I am also a research affiliate of Cincinnati Children's Hospital Medical Center's Division of Emergency Medicine. And I am also a certified health education specialist and tobacco treatment specialist. Right. So that's a lot of words and accolades to your name. Why don't you tell us a little bit about how you got to where you are today? Yeah, sure. So my background is in public health education and health promotion, clinical epidemiology and effectiveness, and clinical translational research in the pediatric healthcare setting. So my research agenda has focused on preventing and reducing substance use throughout my research career. And a pivotal point in my research career was when I was a student, uh, I was also completing a clinical research assistantship at Cincinnati Children's. And I worked for a program that seeked to improve care coordination for pediatric patients uh, by emphasizing health promotion and disease prevention in the healthcare setting. So I knew I wanted to continue focusing on bringing health promotion and disease prevention in the healthcare setting, um, specifically at Cincinnati Children's. So after I became a faculty member at the University of Cincinnati and made that transition from a student, 
I was connected with Dr. Melinda Mojave Gittens, who's a prolific physician scientist who works at Cincinnati Children's Division of Emergency Medicine and uh, has focused her research career on pediatric tobacco control. And so Dr. Mojave Gittens serves as my primary mentor on my National Institute on Drug Abuse K01 Award, uh, which focuses on measuring the health and economic burden of tobacco smoke exposure in the acute healthcare setting, which is what the study is about that we are going to discuss today. Could you bring us up to speed on the evidence for the harm that that causes children? What do we know about how serious the consequences are for children exposed to tobacco smoke? Yeah, so the U.S. Surgeon General's report has outlined a ton of causal associations between tobacco smoke exposure and negative health outcomes for kids, including respiratory complaints, so cough, congestion, as well as respiratory infections, also the development of asthma, as well as the severity of asthma and other illnesses. And also it's been related to ear infections, as well as premature death. Right. And so those kids wind up in emergency departments across the country, don't they? And I I suppose what you're interested in then is trying to get some sense of what that's costing the health services of various countries. Right. So we want to measure the health and economic burden of tobacco smoke exposure on the healthcare setting as well as nationwide. Why don't you just tell me how you went about setting up this study? So we use data from two studies that were conducted at the same hospital, so Cincinnati Children's Hospital Medical Center. From the first study, we included 380 children who were enrolled in a randomized controlled trial of a smoking cessation intervention. All children presented with a non-urgent or urgent uh, tobacco smoke exposure-related chief complaint, so for example, cough or congestion. Uh, They also had to live with a caregiver who smoked tobacco, whether it was inside or outside, and the children did not use tobacco themselves. So that was the tobacco smoke exposed group. From the second study, we included 1,140 children who presented to the same pediatric emergency department and were unexposed to tobacco smoke, so they did not live with any smokers. So we matched these children in both groups, so the tobacco smoke exposed group of 380 children and the unexposed group with 1,140 children based on their age, sex, and race and ethnicity. What healthcare resource utilization variables were you interested in? So we included respiratory-related procedures. So for example, nasal bulb suctioning for younger kids. Also diagnostic testing. So including infectious diagnostic testing, such as the flu. And also laboratory testing, such as obtaining complete blood count, and also radiologic testing, including an x-ray of the chest and lateral airways. Uh, We also assessed hospital admissions. So they come to the pediatric emergency department and whether they were discharged to home or admitted to the hospital. And so this was a big proxy for uh, illness severity. So we hypothesized that they would have more utilization of respiratory-related procedures. Also, children who are exposed to tobacco smoke typically have higher rates of infections and also uh, more likely to have 
pneumonia for chest x-rays, for example. Tell us about the results then. How did your hypotheses pan out? So we found that children in the tobacco smoke exposed group were significantly more likely to have higher healthcare resource utilization and increased severe illness based on the proxies compared with children in the unexposed group. I suppose these results then are kind of hardly surprising, but it's good to have evidence, isn't it? What do you hope that data will help with? Yeah, so I think our findings highlight the need to universally screen for tobacco smoke exposure in the pediatric emergency department and provide interventions to reduce and prevent this exposure for pediatric emergency department patients and their families. And also offer uh, prevention efforts in a setting where they may not get it elsewhere if they do not interact with primary care settings as frequently as they might with the acute healthcare setting. Tell me what that screening might look like. How would that work in an emergency department and, and how would it be useful? Sure. So just asking every patient who comes in to the pediatric emergency department and their parents uh, whether they smoke tobacco and whether the child lives with anyone who smokes tobacco or is around tobacco. And then if they answer yes, provide them with cessation counseling as well as tobacco smoke exposure reduction counseling. For example, teaching them not to smoke around their children, also the harms about uh, third-hand smoke exposure in addition to second-hand smoke exposure. And it may be beneficial, if possible, to offer not only the counseling portion, but uh, cessation medications, so nicotine replacement medications, to these parents to help them to quit, since we know that combining both counseling and medication increases quit rates. And this study showed the huge disparity in resource utilization between these two groups. So effectively showing that tobacco smoke exposed children cost the health service a lot more. Does this study provide good evidence that it would be a cost effective strategy to push a lot harder on preventative measures? Yes, I do think that these findings have the potential for generating results to inform policy that child tobacco smoke exposure screening and counseling efforts should be offered universally in the pediatric healthcare setting. However, I do want to mention that this study was cross-sectional in nature. So my team has been working on other research to confirm these findings. Finally, Ashley, are you kind of optimistic? Because on on the one hand, you know, tobacco smoke exposure is so inherently stoppable, but it hasn't gone away. Are you optimistic for the future? I am optimistic, especially since we have seen a decrease in tobacco product use. So I think we need to continue working on reducing parent tobacco use and also work on teaching them the importance of protecting their children from the tobacco smoke exposure, whether it's secondhand or thirdhand smoke. And the only way to successfully do that is for them to quit smoking because we know that even if parents don't smoke inside, for example, their children can still be exposed. Ashley Marianos there from the University of Cincinnati and Cincinnati Children's Hospital Medical Centre. And that's all we have time for. Please do join us again next month for another episode of Pediapod. I'm Jeff Marsh. Thank you for listening.
Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.